Hey, thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you, encourages you, and brings you closer to Him. Uh, you, may, you can be seated. Uh, it's almost to the point, whenever we hear that song, that hymn, it always takes us back um, to a place where we remember what it is that God has done for us. Um, I can remember as a little boy, my grandmother or my grandparents singing that song all the time. And many times whenever they would sing it, there would be tears rolling down their eyes. There's just something about that hymn that just kind of touches your heart and your spirit to the point it just almost brings tears to your eyes. And, and we're kind of closing out our series today, Beyond the Music, and I have the task of talking about Amazing Grace. Um, if you've never heard the story about Amazing Grace, it was written by this guy named John Newton, and John Newton wrote Amazing Grace kind of based on his life and different things that he went through in his life. Whenever we, whenever we listen to different songs, man, some of you may have listened to Apple Music, you listen to XM Radio, you listen to um, Pandora, you listen to the radio. Whenever you hear that song, it doesn't matter where you are, it brings tears to your eyes. Like, it just it does something to you. I'm pretty sure a lot of the, the younger kids, they probably have no idea, have never even heard of the song because it's not a song that we normally do in church anymore. I can remember... Um, back in my home church, we would sing it all the time. A lot of times you hear it at funerals, you hear it um, at different events, you hear it all the time. But I honestly believe until you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you're not going to understand what this song really, really means to you. And so I'm going to do my best today with the help of the Holy Spirit to kind of dive into what makes amazing grace so amazing. But before I dive into the message, would you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much, God, for an opportunity just to be here with your people. I ask even right now, in the name of Jesus, God, that you use me, that you hide me behind the cross. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that I decrease and that you increase and that your people will see all of you and none of me. Thank you so much, God, for the opportunity, God, that you've given me to be able to preach your word. God, it's something I don't take lightly, and I thank you so much, God just for the opportunity to be able to participate in the advancement of the gospel. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. 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 So, so whenever we hear the song, man, it, it just brings us to tears. A lot of times back in um, slavery days, um, a lot of people that were enslaved, they would sing this particular hymn. They would sing it all the time. And it came from a place of oppression, but it also came from a place of hope because they understood what it is that God had done for them. And when John Newton wrote this particular hymn, like I said before, he was writing it from a place of what God had done in his life. If you don't know anything about John Newton, he was a a great blasphemer. He was a slave owner. He did a lot of things um, that would kind of make you question his life. But even through that, his mom pretty much poured scripture into his life daily. She wanted to make sure that he had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And even though she did that, he decided still to do his own thing. Much like how our kids do these days now. You do your best to try to pour the word of God into their lives. And many times they go astray. It doesn't happen all the time. 
But sometimes it does happen. And parents, if you have students, I'm here to tell you right now, don't stop pouring um, scripture into your students because at some point they're going to come back around. At some point they're going to begin to kind of understand everything that mom and dad was doing for them. Don't give up on them. So we're trying to understand this thing called amazing grace. Like what is it? What makes amazing grace so amazing? John Newton said this. He says, only God's amazing grace could and would take a rude, profane, slave-trading sailor and transform him into a child of God. Newton never stopped looking for God. He never stopped. Once he got a relationship with God, he never stopped looking for, looking for God. And when he did that, it made him write this particular hymn, and it says, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieve. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Do you remember that moment when you first gave your life to Jesus Christ and you were like so excited and so gun ho about everything related to Jesus? You were so gun ho because you realized that your eyes had been opened. And if you keep reading, he also says this, through many dangers, toils, and snares, we have already come. Thus grace that brought us safe thus far and grace will lead us home. There is something about God's amazing grace. That changes us. There's something about God's grace that will kind of change your perspective about how you see him. And when we learn about John Newton is this. John Newton wrote Amazing Grace because he read 1 Chronicles chapter 17, verses 16 and 17. And when he read that, he realized that God had did something in his life. But before I tell you about that story, I got to tell you about this guy named David. Because in this particular part, in this story, David is saying this prayer. And the reason why David is saying this prayer is because Nathan comes to David. They're having a conversation, and David says, I want to build the temple. I want to build a temple for God. Nathan tells David, hey, man, you can do whatever it is that God has called you to do because God is with you. So that night, Nathan goes to God, have a conversation with God. Nathan then comes back to David and tells David he's not going to be the one to build the temple, but someone else will do it. But he also tells him every single thing that God is going to do through David and David's family. And then in verse 15, it says this, that Nathan told David everything that God was going to do through him. This is what he tells. I'm kind of paraphrasing this. And when God does this, when David hears it, it causes David to go and do something that all of us should do. It causes David to go and sit before the Lord, before the God, before the Lord. This is in verse 16, and this is what it says. This is in verse 16. This is what it says here. It says, then David went and sat, went in and sat before the Lord and prayed. So as I'm sitting here reading this, and it made me think, man, what makes amazing grace so amazing? Like, what makes it so amazing? The first thing that makes amazing grace so amazing is this. Amazing grace is amazing when you come to the Father. Amazing grace is amazing when you come to the Father. How do I know that? One, because the Bible says it. Two, because David does not go and keep having a conversation with Nathan. David goes and has a conversation with the person that's going to bless him beyond measure. And that's the same thing that we should do in our lives even right now, man. Like, I'm even getting excited even thinking about this. Because I'm saying, like, hold on one second. 
in my life, a lot of times we go to so many different things before we actually go to the source. We'll go to social media, we'll go to CNN, we'll go to Fox News, we go to believe every single thing, but many times we don't tend to come to God. And what Nathan, what David does is this, David goes to the person that tells him that he's going to bless him. Amazing grace is amazing when you come to the Father. God is looking for people that will come to him. That's what God is doing. God is looking for people that would totally depend on him. The Bible says, then David went in and sat before the Lord. When was the last time you sat before God? It was just you and God. When was the last time you just sat there and said, I mean, I'm going to listen to every single thing that God has to tell me. Students tomorrow, many students in several places will be going back to school. And what the teacher is going to expect from the student is for the student to come and sit down and listen to every single thing that the teacher has to say. And it's the same way when you go and sit down and listen to God. You go and sit down and just listen to every single thing that God has to tell you. Amazing grace is amazing when you come to the Father. And when we look at the text, we see different ways um, that for prayer. In this particular text, David is sitting before the Lord. He's sitting before the Lord. The last time I checked, whenever I sit, that means I'm in a position to listen. I'm in a position to listen. Other postures of prayer is some people lay prostrate before God. You don't know what that is. That means a person is completely laid out and they are just praying to God. Other people, they stand and pray. Some people kneel and pray. But however you do it, you need to do it. It's almost to the point that this is one of those forsaken things that we don't do much anymore. We don't do much at all. Because we're so busy in life that we get busy doing life that we really don't do life with Jesus. We get so busy doing things that we don't come to him in our time of need. Many times what ends up happening is this. We treat Jesus like a light switch. I only turn the light on when I need him. Okay, am I talking to anybody in here? I'm, I'm just preaching to myself. I mean, you ain't got to say nothing. That's totally fine. I just preach to Jesus and I'll be totally cool. You ain't got to say nothing at all. Because I understand where it is that God has brought me from. That's why I get excited when the Bible says, come to me who all who are laden, who all has burdens, come to me. And God said, I'll give you rest. Amazing grace, amazing grace is amazing when you come to the Father. That's when you realize amazing grace is amazing. See, many people can sing this song, but the person that really knows what this song means, that's the person that normally breaks down in tears because they realize where God has brought them from. They realize what it is that God has done for them. They realize that God has saved their wretched soul. Yes, I said it. Your wretched soul, your wretched mind, your broken mind, your lost mind. God, you know that you would not be where you are today if it was not for Jesus. It is Jesus that's changed your life. Now, please understand, this is the same David that slept with Bathsheba. Oh. Hold on one second. Not, not this David. Hold on. Hold on. Not this David. This is the same David that killed Uriah. This is, this is the same David that killed Goliath. This is the same David that was on the run from Saul. Hold on one second, God. You mean to tell me you're going to bless this guy? Let 
me go ahead and pause and tell you right now, God can do whatever God wants whenever he wants to do it. And God can bless whoever he wants when he wants to do it. I'm here to tell you today that God is in the business of blessing people that want to be blessed. But you can't be blessed if you don't come to him. You, you can't. You can't understand what amazing grace is unless you come to him. When David comes to God, David understands that God is the one that will bring him comfort, peace, joy, and God is the one that will bless his life. It is God. God is looking for people that will come after him. That's when you understand how amazing his grace is. When David goes to God, David is not going to God just to be going. David is going because he's going with a purpose. He's going to have a conversation. He is praying to God. And he is telling God everything that God has told him that he's going to do. It always reminds me of this. man. My son, he just turned 10 years old um, a couple of days ago. And I'm learning that, you know, my son, whenever he wants something, he comes to his daddy. No matter what time of day it is, night either, to be totally honest, he comes to daddy. He comes to me. He says, daddy, he says, I want this. I bought him a game for his birthday. I actually bought him several things for his birthday. His birthday was on Sunday. Would you believe it was not Monday morning? He was asking for something else. <laughs> I'm saying, like, son. Now, this is what I said in my mind. When he gets older, he's going to be able to go and YouTube this and his dad said this. I'm like, son, boy, you, boy, you are ungrateful. Joke of you. Like, why are you asking for everything? But then I kind of had to step back and I said, self, the way your son comes to you should be the same way that you go to your daddy. It should be the same exact way. You should go to God in your time of need. You should go to God even when you're not in need. Amazing grace is amazing when you come to the Father. Jesus is chasing after his people. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to be able to commune with you and communicate with you. All you got to do is just come to him. That's all you got to do is just come to him. And a lot of times we ask the question, well, God, I can't come to Jesus the way I am. No, 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 no. No, you need to come to him just like you are. Broke busted and disgusted, stinking. You need to come just like, just like Lazarus, dead. You, you need to come. No matter how you get there, you need to come to him. It doesn't matter. Because what ends up happening in our lives is this. I'm actually going along on this point now. I so expect it, but that's okay, though. What, what, what ends up happening in our lives is this. We think that we've got to fix everything before we come to God. Jesus is in the business of fixing broken people. David, broken. Saul, broken. Peter, cussed. And he's in the business of fixing broken people. God can take whoever he wants and fix them so they can do, fulfill his purpose. Amazing grace is amazing when you come to the Father. It doesn't matter how you come. You can come running, limping, smoking, drinking, hooked on porn. It don't matter as long as you come. It don't, you need to just come to Jesus. And when you come to Jesus, see, there is a difference between an encounter and an experience. Riding a roller coaster is an experience. 
I ride it, I go up and down, I get off of it, and they think I'm throwing up. <laughs> but when I had an encounter with Jesus, my whole life changed. That's when I understood his amazing grace because I came to the Father. And God is looking for people that will come to him. Amazing grace is amazing when you discover you're blessed. Now, see, for many people, this would be shouting for them. Because a lot of times we focus on blessing as what it is that we have in our house and all this other stuff. I said this first service, and I'm going to say it again. I'm probably going to get in trouble for it, but that's totally fine. I've been in trouble before. It won't be the first. It won't be the last. In America, I hate to say this, it's almost to the point that we're spoiled. Like, like we are spoiled. We have, we have more than a lot of people have. We, we really do. I'm going to talk about myself, so I ain't got to talk about nobody else. I'm going to talk about myself. I have a, now let me say this, I have a problem, I really do. And I blame it on Marshalls. It, it ain't my fault, that they, I don't know why they're open during the time they open. It, it, you would think they need to be closed during the time that I'm going, but they, they, every time I go in there, they open. So, you know, when, they, when they're open, I feel the need, I need to buy me a pair of shoes. So I'll buy me a pair of shoes because, you know, I like shoes. And so I was going through my closet one day, and I was like, man, one, two, ten, fifteen. You start getting that stink look like, oh, you got more, twenty, thirty. God, if I wanted to wear a different pair of shoes every day for a month, you know what? I could do that. <laughs> and then I kind of like, man, you know what? I am blessed, but I'm not blessed in the way that you're thinking. I'm blessed in the way because I have the opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. Okay, let me go to the Bible real quick. See, you look at me like all crazy. This is, what, this is what the Bible says. Then David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed. And then David says this, Who am I, O Lord, and what is it, my family, that you brought me this far? Oh, hold on a second. Brought me this far. And then David says, And now, O Lord, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving your servant a lasting dynasty. You speak as though I were someone very great. David discovers that he is blessed. And when you discover that you're blessed, you can worship God. When you discover that you're blessed, you realize where it is that God has brought you from. You, you were not born saved. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You, you, no, 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 no. And not only that, some of us, God is still working on. Amen. Lights, chairs, cameras, and everything. God is still working on me because there are times, man, people get on my nerves. And there are times that I, I, can I say this? I am going to say it. There are times I want to cuss, man. Does anybody ever feel like that? Does anybody ever feel when people get on your nerves, you just like, I, I wish you would. <laughs> God bless you. There, there are times, man, when you just, the people make you so mad that you want to use your Bible as a baseball bat. I mean, like, does anybody ever feel like that? Maybe it's just me. I'm preaching to myself right now. That's totally fine. And I'm good with that. I'm good with that. But, but when you discover that you're blessed, 
When you discover what it is that God has done for you, when David says, God, you've brought me thus far, that means that David was in a place that he had no business being. David was sitting there looking, looking out and looking for Bathsheba doing something he had no business doing. David was the one that killed Uriah. And here it is that God says, David, I'm going to bless you. What David doesn't understand and what we can kind of look at now is God is really telling David about the Davidic covenant, which promises David that there will always be a king that sits on the throne. And if you don't know who that person is, it is the king of kings. It is the Lord of lords. It is the one that sits high and looks low. It is the one that died on the cross for your sins. If you don't know who that person is, let me take a time right now and pause and introduce him to you. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. That's who I'm talking about. That's what David realizes, that God is going to bless him beyond measure. He's going to bless him. It's not just for him. Me giving my life to Jesus gave my, my kids the opportunity to meet Jesus. You giving your life to Jesus gave your kids the opportunity to meet Jesus. Your parents giving their life to Jesus gave you the opportunity to meet Jesus. All of us didn't grow up in Christian homes. All of us didn't grow up knowing Jesus. We didn't grow up like that, but man, when you discover that you're blessed, when you discover what it is that God has done for you, man, you can't help but shout. You can't help but clap your hands. You can't help but lift your hands because you realize that it is God's amazing grace that saved you. He said, I was blind, but now I see. Man, I'm losing my voice. God knows. I'm, I'm preaching now. I mean, like, 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 let me pause real quick. Give me a little, little H2O. <laughs> mm. David discovered that he is blessed. How do I know that? I'm glad you asked, and I'm going to answer the question for you. How do I know that? Because David is humble, he's honest, and he's hopeful. How do I know he's how do I know he's humble? Because David goes and sits before the Lord. He's humble because David realized where it is that God has brought him from. David's honest because David also says, God, you really didn't have to do this for me, but you're going to do it anyway. David is hopeful because he knows God is a man of his word. Not one of God's words have ever fallen to the ground. If God said it, that settles it. If God says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Now, for me, I, I've made a lot of promises. I promise you I have not kept. You don't believe me? My wife is in here. You can ask her. I've made a lot of promises. A lot. A lot. But y'all looking at me like I'm crazy, like you ain't never made promises to people. Like, yeah, you know what? Man, that would get on my nerves, man, with people, man. They're they like so spiritual. Like, they just got everything all together. Like, like, they just sit right there at the right hand of Jesus and don't do nothing wrong. But when you discover you're blessed, when you discover what it is that God has done in your life and how God is getting ready to bless you, you can't help but worship him. And blessings has, is not so much focused on the material things. It's about the spiritual things that God is blessing us with. God has blessed you to have, be, able, have, be able to have a relationship with him. God has blessed you with the freedom to be able to worship him. Because please understand this. There are some places in this world where people don't have the opportunity to do what you're doing right now. 
There are some places where people don't have the opportunity to worship their, their Christ. That they're on the run. And here it is in America that we don't even take it seriously. I'm going to get in trouble. Jesus. Man, we play church. But like, like, when you understand God's amazing grace and what it is that God has done for you, you can't help but worship him. You, you can't help it. And I know people look at you like you're crazy because you're crying and nobody, don't nobody know why. And all you can do is just sit there and like, you just raise your hand and you just worshiping God because you look, you look where you came from. And you look where you are right now. And you say like, man, I can't help but worship him. Some of you got, some of you was on your sick bed and got healed. Some of us, not all of us, some people in the crack house and got healed. Much like me, I was climbing in and out of people's windows, but God saved a person like me. Some of you are drinking so much that you don't even remember where you were, but God saved you. Some of you were doing things that you know that you shouldn't have been doing, but God healed you. God saved you. And when you discover that you are blessed, man, we can't hold this thing back. We got to worship him and in spirit and in truth. You've got to be able to realize how blessed you are. The amazing grace that God has given us is nothing that we have done to earn this. Like, like it's not like we just like God just say, okay, I'm just going to give you this. Now, this thing was, this thing was uh, bought with a price. It was bought with a price. He paid his life for this so that we can have a relationship with him. Amazing grace is amazing when you discover that you are blessed. It's the same thing that happened to the Mary, the mother of Jesus, when, when the angel comes to her and said, Mary, you're going to have the savior of the world. And Mary says, let it be according to your word. Let, let it be according to your word, God. That's amazing grace. God giving you something that you do not deserve. You don't deserve this. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve the life that God is giving you. I'm so glad right now that God gives grace because... It, I'm going to talk about me right now. I'm not talking about anybody else. If, if you could see into this mind, it'll blow your mind. But not in a good way either, I'm telling you. And, and I'm so glad that when I mess up and I make mistakes, God is not like people where he just shoots you down, drop you off somewhere, and don't have nothing else to do with you. I'm so glad God doesn't do like that. God doesn't work like that. That he's willing to walk with you so that you can be the person that he has called you to be. That's what makes amazing grace so amazing. So, 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 so how can you discover that you're blessed? You can discover that you're blessed when you look over your life and you see where it is that God has brought you from. That's what David did. That's what David did. David looked over his life and in his prayer, he see where it is that God has brought him from. The next thing is this amazing grace is amazing when you worship the father. Amazing grace is amazing when you worship the father. This is what verses 18 through 22 says this. He says, what more can I say to you about the way you have honored me? You know on what your servant really is really like. For the sake of your servant, O Lord, you are, and according to your will, you have done, done all these great things and have made them known. 
verse 20, he says, Oh Lord, there's no one like you. We have never seen and never heard of another God like you. What other nation on earth is like your people? What other nation, O oh God, have you redeemed from slavery to be your own people? You have you made a great name for yourself when you redeemed your people from Egypt. You performed awesome miracles and drove out the nations that stood in their way. Verse 22, you chose Israel to be your, your very own people forever, and you, O oh Lord, became their God. Worship does not just happen on Wednesdays and Sundays. Worship is a lifestyle. David is known for being a man after God's own heart because David knew how to worship the Lord. Go and read the book of Psalms. Go and read it. When David says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be, on my, be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear of it and be glad. And then he says this, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. David was a worshiper. Prayer is a form of worship. And what's sad is that we don't do it as much as we should. We don't put enough emphasis on prayer. But when amazing grace becomes amazing to you, you worship God. David is worshiping God because David sees the bigger picture. David sees that God is getting ready to bless him beyond measure. It's not just going to be for David's house. It's going to be for the generations to come, which is a reference of Jesus Christ. Jesus, God did not just save you just for you. He saved you so that you could have the opportunity to share that gospel with somebody else. Amazing grace is amazing when you worship the Father. And I don't need music to worship God. Now, I love music, but I don't need it. I, like, see, I said this earlier. It's almost to the point that we've gotten really spoiled by everything to the point that we think we need all this different stuff to be able to worship God. The only thing you need when it comes to you worshiping God is you and God. And a humble heart. That's all you need. Try, 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 try it for one day. Disconnect your phone. Turn everything off. Go in your closet. Get on your knees and begin to pray to God and watch God blow your mind. Like, like whenever we go to camp, um, and, and 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 like I told you, this the difference between experience and encounter. Whenever we go to camp, students a lot of times they they whenever we have like a worship moment, they're crying all over the place and. They, they have, I call, them, I call them snot bubbles, but because, like, y'all laugh, but I'm serious. I mean, that, that, that stuff be rolling down like a stream. I mean, it's just rolling all down, and then they come in there trying to hug you, and I'm sitting like, oh, <laughs> let not, don't do that, don't do that, no, don't do that. And, and, and they're crying because God is touching them, and God is kind of tugging at their heart because he wants them to be more like him. Worship is amazing. But the best worship moment I've ever had was not at camp. The best worship moment I've ever had did not happen in a church building. The best worship moment I've ever had when it was just me and God in my apartment by myself. And I cried out to him. And I said, God, whatever it is that you want me to do, I'm willing to do it. 
however you want to break me, God, I'm willing to do it. Now, now you've got to be real careful when you ask God to break you because that, that, not that stuff, woo. You got to be real careful when you're asking God, God, I want patience. Oh, okay. All right, then. I'm going to give it to you. You're going to be sitting right at that light for 10 minutes. And every light going to turn green. And your light just still sitting there. And you're sitting there like, man, God, you're playing games with me, Jesus. <laughs> Mess around and have kids. They get older and your kids start acting crazy. You asking God for patience and God trying to, try, God trying to teach you patience. And you sitting up bucking the system. I don't like it, God. God, like, I don't like it. God's like, you asked for this. I didn't. And you mad at me. Amazing grace is amazing when you worship God. My, my challenge for you this week is this. Take time to disconnect from everything and pause and just have a little time with God. Just take some time. That's what David is doing. That's what David's doing in the text. You, you don't read about anybody else. It is just David and God. David's having a conversation with the Lord. He is worshiping him. Why is he doing that? David is worshiping, worshiping God because David realizes that it is God that sets the captives free. David realized that God is the one that protects his people, redeems the sinner, has a plan for salvation. God, David realized that it is God that brings hope to the hopeless. David sees that God is a God of freedom and David wants to worship him. I mean, right now, worship will change your life when you worship Jesus. It'll change your life. And what we see in, in the text right now, man, when we read these texts, what we notice is this, is that David is connecting with God because he's committed to God because he wants to be consistent with God. Let me say that one more time. David is connecting with God so he can communicate with God because he wants to be consistent with God. Let me say that one more time. David is connecting with God because he wants to communicate with God so that he can be consistent with God. Because when he communicates to God and he committed to God, it changes your perspective. It changes everything about you. It changes your life. It changes your family's life. And that's what David is doing right now. David is telling us that God is getting ready to do something absolutely amazing in his life. Worship allows us to do that. It reminds me of the story in the Bible when, when the woman um, meets Jesus at the well. And she, you know, it tells us that she may have had four or five husbands or whatever. And she comes to the point that she meets, she meets the man. Now, she was with a man. But she, but actually, but no, amen. It was men, to be told. You can go and read the text. But but what ends up happening is that she meets the man, and when she meets the man, her whole perspective changed to the point that she goes and worship Jesus. And now you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Like how did she do that? Let me tell you how she did it. Worship is also sharing Jesus too. That's what she does. She goes and worships and tells everyone about Jesus to the point that the whole town has an opportunity to encounter him. That's what worship does. Amazing grace is amazing when you worship the Father. Is there anybody in here that wants to just worship Jesus? Like you want to worship God because what it is that God is doing in your life. 
God is doing something amazing, man. It makes me think about tomorrow teachers are going back to school. And I'm telling you right now, as a teacher, you, you're going to need a little hope tomorrow. You, you, you're going to need some Jesus tomorrow. You go ahead and get your mind right. Let me tell you something. I have a 10 year old son and asking him to sit still for four hours. God bless you. God bless you. Like you, you're gonna, you're gonna have, you're gonna need to come to the Father. Like you're gonna need to come. You need to play. You need to have one ear, uh, ear pod, in, uh, a little ear, headphones in your ear, playing music. Because I'm telling you right now, like this stuff ain't no joke, man. Like, like, can you imagine what teachers are having to deal with going back to school tomorrow? Now, now some of us, we ready to send our kids to school. God bless us. Like, oh, they going. I can tell you right now. Um. When school was out, and I come, I'm kind of going off real quick, but when they told us kids were not going back to school and I had to do homeschool for my kids, <sighs> let me tell you something. I, I, don't, I don't drink, but I can tell you right now, there was moments <laughs> that I wanted to. More than a glass, I'm telling you, or a cup, or one of them 36 ounces that you buy from the, I, I probably shouldn't say that, but I'm telling you right now, like, I praise God for teachers going back, but I also understand this, just as much as it's going to be a challenge for them, it's going to be a challenge for the students too. Everybody's having to adjust to everything that is going on, and if you don't change your perspective about how you see life, you're going to get caught up in everything that is going on and you're going to miss God. You're going to miss God's amazing grace when God is trying to do something different in our life. Do I believe that God is trying to get the attention of the church? Absolutely. I do believe that God is trying to get us to the point that we worship him in spirit and in truth. But you can't worship him when you don't understand his amazing grace because you never came to the father and you haven't discovered that you are blessed yet. Teachers are going to need a whole lot of grace and mercy and everything else that comes with that. Amazing grace is amazing when we worship the Father. Last but not least is this. Amazing grace is amazing when we're in agreement with his promise, promises. Amazing grace is amazing when you are in agreement with his promises. There are several promises that God has made to all of us in the Bible. When we read this particular text in verses 23, this is what it says, verses 23 to 27. He says, and now, O Lord, I am your servant. Do as you have promised concerning me and my family. May it be a promise that will last forever. And may your name be established in honor forever so that everyone will say, the Lord of heaven's army, the God of Israel, is Israel's God. And may the house of your servant David continue before you forever. Oh my God, I have been bold enough to pray to you because you have revealed to your servant that you will build a house for him, a dynasty of kings. For you are God, O oh Lord. And you have promised these things to your servant. And now it has pleased you to bless the house of your servant so that it will continue forever before you. For when you grant a blessing, O Lord, it is an eternal blessing. It's an eternal blessing. 
Amazing grace is amazing when we're in agreement with his promises. There are several promises that God has made for the Christian. He has several things that God has made for us that we can hold on to. When we read the text, we see that God has promised to bless David's life. Not just David's life, but his family's life too. But you've got to take hold of the promises that God has given us. You've got to take hold and be in agreement that God has said he's going to bless you. When you realize, realize and understand amazing grace, you agree with God's promises. When God said, I promise to never leave you nor forsake you. When God says, I promise to always be with you. You got to take hold of that. Because at the end of the day, a lot of times we have nothing else to hold on to. I was talking to a friend of mine about a month ago. And we were talking about everything that was going on as it relates to COVID and life and racial issues. And my friend said that he said, man, you know what? I I think I think I'm ready. And I was like, ready? Ready for what? And he said, man, you know what? If Jesus says he's coming back, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready. And he said he said that because he was not so much focused on what was going on in the world today, but he was more focused about what God is going to do later. We get so caught up in all this mess that is going on that we miss God's amazing grace. We miss it. And at some point in your life, man, you've got to get to the point that you begin to agree with the promises that God has made for you. You've got to begin to agree with that. You've got to begin to hold that very thing. And God says you can come to him when when you're burdened. That's in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 29. You've got to come to him and realize when God says his grace is more than enough for you. That's in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. You got to make sure you understand when God tells you that trials produce perseverance. That's in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 11. You have to believe when he tells you that everything works together for the good of those who love God and who is called according to his purpose. That is in Romans 8 and 28. You have to believe when he says that he has came to give you life and life more abundantly. You got to take hold of that. You have to believe when he says for everyone who believes on my name will be saved. You got to take hold of that thing because a lot of times we are not in agreement with what God said. We believe more what the enemy says about us and we hold to that. We hold to that. But if I'm going to take hold of God's amazing grace, I'm going to tell the enemy that he's a liar and I don't have time for it. I'm going to take hold of what it is that God has told me that he has called me to do. I'm going to take hold to the promises when he says, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to get my people. I'm going to take hold of that because I believe that. I believe that God is doing amazing things in our lives right now. I believe that God is trying to get the attention of every single believer. But at some point in your life, you have to come to the Father so that you can experience his amazing grace. John Newton came to the Father. He had an encounter with God on the sea, and he cried out out to God, and God saved him. He saved him. He became a preacher. Here it is, this guy, slave owner, blasphemer, rude, rebellious. How is it that God would do something like that for him? Why is it that God would save you? 
And the reason why God would do that is because of his amazing grace. Because God wants to have a relationship with you so that you can tell somebody else about Jesus. That's the most important thing. The greatest gift that I could ever give to my kids is not a car. It's not sending them to school. It's not sending them to college. It's not leaving them this great big wealth of inheritance. The greatest gift that I can give them is introducing them to Jesus. Because he is the one that will change their life, not me. He is the one that will put them on the path that they need to be on. And when he does that, we then understand his amazing grace. Your take home is this. Amazing grace has opened my heart to receive God, my ears to hear from God, and my eyes to see God. Amazing grace has opened my heart to receive God, my ears to hear from God, and my eyes to see God. I don't know what it is that any of you guys are dealing with today. I don't know what it is that you're going through. If you have never experienced God's amazing grace, we want to have a conversation with you. We, we want to talk to you. Because like I said before, that's the greatest decision that you've ever made in your life is when you make a decision to give your life to Jesus. That's the greatest decision. And I mean, apart from that, you will not be able to understand or experience God's amazing grace apart from Jesus. It doesn't work like that. Because when he says, he saved a wretch like me, I was blind, but now I see. He's talking about his encounter with Jesus. And it is Jesus that changes our lives. Today is a great day for you to come to the Father. Today is a great day to realize what it is that God is doing in your life. Because God is in the business of changing people. God is in the business of allowing people to make a decision to follow him. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much, God, for your word. Thank you so much, God, for everything that was said on today. And I pray even right now, in the name of Jesus, that was something that was said will penetrate the hearts and the minds of every person that is here, that they understand, God, that it is your amazing grace that has saved us. That they understand, God, that we should come to you. And when we come to you, God, it doesn't matter how we come, as long as we come. And God, is praying right now in the name of Jesus that you touch our hearts and our minds. God, give us strength, God, to be able to make it through this week. Give us strength, God, to be able to be the people that you have called us to be. And God, we just want to say thank you so much just for the opportunity to be able to read your word and study your word and preach your word. Because it is your word that changes our lives. And thank you so much, God, for what you're going to do through this week and through everyone's life that is in here. And God, we pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help taking your next step, email our team at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.